This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. Wayne Goldsmith is our regular on a Wednesday morning after the 10 o'clock news. WGcoaching.com is his website. So much good stuff on there. You could lose yourself for hours reading all the articles and the links that he posts and finding out a bit about him. Or you could just listen to him on the radio like we do. Hello, sir. Good morning, Pony. I'm going to start with a question for you this morning. Mate, how, how do you think the New Zealand public in general at the moment are seeing the all-black performances? I think genuinely, uh, sorry, generally positive, Wayne. I think we understand that we're playing minnows uh, and you can never tell too much from games against Canada and Namibia. I think everybody was impressed with the performance against South Africa and I think most New Zealand rugby fans are fairly optimistic that we'll go quite deep into the tournament. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one as an outsider, but someone who loves the game. Uh, Even that game against Namibia, the thing that stuck out with me is they seem very, very relaxed and controlled. The difference that I think I see in them between uh, this World Cup and the last one is I think they were fairly uh, brutal and ruthless with those Minnow teams and really put the the foot down. This time they seem a lot more controlled and a lot more relaxed and a lot more deliberate in what they're doing, there's just a different look and a different feel to it. So, uh, yeah, they they look pretty solid, don't they? Are you trying to jinx the All Blacks, Wayne? <laughs> well, they're coming from a country where most rugby uh, lovers have turned to organised religion or solution. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, we want to um, talk today about uh, about something which relates a little bit to the All Blacks, actually, and that is. Um, national coaches. Uh, obviously, they work in a different landscape than, than club coaches who week to week, uh, month to month, uh, are coaching their team through competitions. Uh, national coaches get their teams together far less frequently, but are still expected to, to gel them together to, uh, to get results. Uh, Steve Hansen, as we know, will um, we'll finish up with the All Blacks at the end of this Rugby World Cup. So he's leaving off his own volition. Uh, so we're going to talk today about, about you know national coaches, searching for them, um, interviewing for them, appointing them. First question is around succession planning within an environment. Um, is it always the best way for the number two or someone who's come through the system as an assistant to be promoted to head coach when the head coach goes? No, oh, what a great kickoff question, Piney. The, 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 the overwhelming feeling that I've got is if you've been a number two, so if you've been second in charge or skills coach or backs coach or uh, assistant coach in any format, for any more than about five years, I probably would be looking elsewhere. I, certainly if I was in a recruiting role, unless the coach was exceptional and offered a range of skills that could take the team in a different direction or they had... Uh, developed as a leader that they could they could get that opportunity step into a senior coaching role and 
change direction. I think if you've been part of the organisation and working under a senior coach with all that means through the influence of the senior coach, the head coach, I personally, I would not be looking at somebody who's been in the organisation in an assistant role for the, any five years. I'd go, no, nah, look, I think we need a fresh approach, some new ideas, regardless of how good they may be. And that's a pretty tough thing that that because uh, I know a lot of assistant coaches are almost just there in waiting. Uh, they're waiting for their opportunity at the top job. But inevitably, they're so influenced by the environment, the culture, uh, or the systems that the head coach has set up that most of the time what you get is just a continuity. And, and look, if, it, if it was an all-black situation, if you guys win the final by 62 points, uh, there'd be very little reason to change anything. But in most cases, the, the, you're looking for a spark, a change, some fire, some innovation, some creativity, particularly after a four-year campaign. Yeah, and, and see, that it is so relevant because if the All Blacks were to win the World Cup, we know Steve Hansen's going, we know Ian Foster, his current assistant, long-time assistant, uh, at least over this World Cup cycle and, and, um, and previously as well, although more in an advisory sense. Anyway, he's been there for a while. He covets the job. So if the All Blacks were to win the World Cup, wouldn't it just be not a reward necessarily, but a logical choice to continue on? I understand what you're saying about the spark, the freshness, but if something's working, do we need to fix it? Well, that, that's the, the that great adage in sport, isn't it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That only applies if you're doing something that's not going to change and not going to get better. And the problem with you guys, mate, is that that your success is both a wonderful thing and it's a curse because... Every senior coach, and, and uh, as you know, just coming back from the UK, everywhere you go, how do you beat the All Blacks? The All Blacks are doing this. We've watched everything the All Blacks are doing. So you've got these great rugby minds, and believe it or not, there are some great rugby minds in other countries. But you've got some great rugby minds around the world saying, all right, now how do we beat them? How do we get an advantage over them? Where do we find an opportunity? And the danger is, as good as you guys are, You've only got to sit back for for one year, two years, three years, and all of a sudden South Africa comes through, England gets stronger, Ireland get more powerful, the, the Wallabies rebuild, and then you come back to the field a little bit. And that great line and that, that theme around the All Blacks of getting better never stops, that applies not just to the overall team performance and the players, it applies to coaches and staff and doctors and physios and data and, uh, analysis guys and it applies to everyone in the organisation. So you look, I hear that I think what, what I, I see, Piney some of the really dumb things people do is they throw that, that using that saying about they throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think what some do is say well look, yeah we won but we're going to start from scratch. We're going to throw everybody out and get rid of all of that experience Experience and cultural knowledge and and all that hard earned IP and we'll start again. That's really dumb. I, I, I say to teams constantly you, the, that you want to you want to keep a, a hub or you want to keep a, a nucleus of people who've got that corporate knowledge, that corporate IP that say, yeah, look, guys, we went down that road, it didn't work. Yeah, we tried that eight years. Because otherwise, mate, you bring in people without a real knowledge of what's gone before 
and with no respect of the history that's led to that point. And all they may end up doing is doing a whole bunch of, of dumb things that that the existing administration wouldn't have done. Uh, I know particularly in Olympic sports, it's very common to say, right, we didn't win the gold medal, therefore let's get rid of everybody who led to the failure and let's start again. However, even though you didn't win the gold medal, you learn a lot about international competition and travel and sports science and testing and tactics and strategy. Throwing everything out and starting again is never a good idea. As I said at the top of the chat, it's quite a different role from a from a club coach who week in, week out is working with players who he sees every day. A national coach sees his players far less often than that. Um, you know, what qualities does a does an international coach need that perhaps a uh, you know a, a club coach doesn't need, or or are there specific qualities that that a national coach does need because of the role that he or she is playing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one always, Piney, because there, there is, and I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that I, that I know a lot of the, the senior coaches that are in the World Cup and, and a lot of Olympic head coaches. First thing is they've got to be very politically astute. They've got to be outstanding with the media because the buck will often finish with them. So advanced media skills. And, and very importantly, they've got to have a truly global perspective and I often know when I'm, I'm mentoring or guiding national head coaches that they'll express one of their frustrations particularly if you've got let's say um, you've got 10 brilliant coaches in rugby around New Zealand you guys probably got a lot more than that but say you got 10 brilliant ones and they know rugby inside out they know the game they understand players they get the culture of the game and one of those emerges and becomes the all black head coach well, all of a sudden, they've got to go from knowing all about the game in, in New Zealand, Australia, and maybe South Africa because of their super rugby experience. All of a sudden, they've got to have a pretty good feel about rugby in the United States, in the UK, and other parts of the world. And they've got to have an understanding of of a much, much bigger world. And when I, I, the story that when I went to, to see Eddie Jones in, in England fairly recently, and I was talking to Eddie about their IP. And man, it's been in time with Major League Baseball. They're going and they're, they're doing uh, research and investigations with the Royal Navy and Air Force on how they use visualisation and 3D imaging and, and, and how they fast-track learning and development of pilots and sailors. They're going over to the NFL and spending time on how they help players recover. So it goes from a, a world of rugby to a massive world of experiences. And a national head coach in any environment has, has got to have that global perspective. And, mate, of course, they've got to be leaders. They've got to be responsible for not just that team, but in many instances, they're leading and shaping the future of the sport in their country. So it's a very different role to just being a skills coach, for example. Mm. Also, with so few games, I mean, if a, if a, if a coach is coaching a, a rugby league team in the NRL or a, or a football team in the Premier League or something like that, and they go through a, a stretch of, of eight or nine games, um, you know, where they haven't got a win and things aren't going well, you know, people start to question whether they're the right person for the job. With, with a national coach where they might only play a couple of games here and then another couple there, when do you know that it's time to, to change? And, and when do you know that it's not time to change and to stick with them? Yeah, mate, fascinating. I've been lucky. I'm on 
uh, at the moment as well. But I've been regularly on some interview panels and some review programs for senior coaches. The bottom line is, whether they're winning or losing, are they making players better when they come into the environment? That's the first thing. So you look at the data, you look at you, you do some uh, review work with players, although that's a little dangerous because quite often it's a popularity competition. They'll say, yeah, I don't like the coach or the coach isn't giving me what I need and it'll just be a straight relationship issue. They don't like them. The bottom line is with national coaches, even if they've only got them for a few games, the question is, are they making these players better? Are they improving them tactically? Are they improving them physically, strategically? Are they improving their knowledge? Are they building their leadership? That's the first question because ostensibly the resources, facilities, equipment, money, skill, opportunities available at national level are greater than at any other level. And that environment should provide every player who comes into it with an opportunity to get better. And that, that's what I constantly look at is, are they making a difference to these players? And that's got a dual edge because are they making them better so they're stepping up and they're capable of winning internationally? And then in turn, that becomes a legacy when those players go back to their regional local competitions and helps to make an impact on the sport across the nation. It makes an impact generally. That's the first question I was, are they making a difference? And then how are they making a difference? Is it uh, psychologically, emotionally, technically, tactically, what are they doing that's making a difference? And one of the things that we saw when Super Rugby really burst, and I remember this very vividly, is that uh, certainly in the case of Australia, and I think even in South Africa from the chats that I had there, for a period of time, the environment that was being provided for the Wallabies and for the Springboks wasn't as good as some of the Super Rugby teams were providing. And so that raised some real questions. Well, all right, well, what value are the national programs actually putting on and what impact are the national coaches having? That took a while when rugby turned professional. I know that was a big culture shock because traditionally it had been, well, no, there's a step up from club to region to province to super rugby, then into national team. And all of a sudden, because of the acceleration due to the professional rugby environment, the Super Rugby teams were outstripping the national team environment, and that was a bit of a challenging time. But, you know, that's a key question, mate. Are they making the players better? Wayne, how important do you think it is that the coach is the same nationality of the team they are coaching? For I love that question, and, and I think about a lot. It depends on the nation, and it depends on the coaching style. So if you've got someone who relies on nationalism, on national pride, on the colours, on the history, on the traditions, on uh, you know, on on talking about all the, the the wonderful and miraculous things that have happened in the past with this team, and how there's an incredible connection between land and culture and people and identity and the team. If you've got someone who coaches from that emotional, national, cultural perspective, very important. If you've got someone who's what I would call a professional coach, and no disrespect to the the ones that are doing it on emotion and nationalism, but we've got someone who sees coaching not as an issue of emotion and nationalism and cultural identity. Where you've got someone who says, it's about winning. I'm paid to win. That's my job. One-line position description for professional coaches, find a way to win. 
when you're dealing with just professionals, no, it doesn't matter at all. But that's gonna that depends too on where the nation is and what nation you're dealing with. Some nations that I go to, mate, they don't care. They just go, I want to coach. Who's the best? Uh, can they help us to win? What's it going to cost us? They don't care. Others have got this great sense of cultural identity tied up in the team and the national team. And it'd be very difficult for someone to come in from outside and make an impact. And I've got to say, generally, I don't think I would ever live to see the day when New Zealand brings an overseas coach in because the, the relationship between the All Blacks and your cultural identity and who you are as a people and and obviously the, the great connection with the Maori people and the spirit of the nation is so tied up with that team, I couldn't see it happening in New Zealand. Other places, they, they just say, yeah, we want someone who's going to make this team a winning team and we're not so concerned about identity and culture and so on. So, yeah, it depends on the culture, depends on the way the coach goes about their job. Fascinating chat, Wayne. Thanks so much for giving us the expertise around that topic. I, I've learned plenty, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So, um, look, you have a good uh, rest of the week, my friend, and we'll chat again next Wednesday. Always a pleasure, mate. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com. Thank you.